This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to Blurring the Lines podcast, episode number 78. I'm your stumbling host, Adam Bell, (laughs) and joining me as always is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? Just just for the record, (laughs) I am seated seated yeah. I'm not be stumbling uh, well I, I was stumbling I even in my seat <laughs> <laughs> oh wonderful oh man where has the time gone we it has been more than a month uh, yeah yeah july was our last step july 9th uh so but you know today's september 7th so nine seven seven nine we took perfect. We took the month of August off, uh, along with a good large chunk of July. That's good because when you're when you're self-employed, that's you, you can do things like that. Yeah, right? yeah. You can stop working anytime you feel like it. Oh, it's, absolutely. And yeah. I'm shaking my head no as I'm saying absolutely. <laughs> absolutely not. Yes, exactly. uh, so so I like your shirt there. Uh, stop chasing your tail dash f i I mean that's got to be programmatic and i'm splunk ah there you go (laughs) that's that's unix humor Uh uh-huh the 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 tail command uh, will by default display the last 10 lines of a file so if you have a log file for instance you want to see like what just happened with the web server you would say tail space web server log name you know and then boom you get the last 10 lines and it's like oh you know this person accessed this web page and it crashed tail dash f is a continual stream so it just as the file changes you see all of the additions as it goes on nice and so the the you know the old way as as splunk would like you to believe of going around and diagnosing errors and stuff is you just tail a log file and watch it and wait for something to break and what splunk does is it aggregates all sorts of different systems all sorts of different log files it correlates them all in one place and you can do like a google style search for things so you Ah. don't have to hail things so nice nice hence the the joke yeah (laughs) cool i know i knew it was something like that (laughs) of course so cool so so where do you want to start today Oh man! So yeah. I last week was uh, let's start with last week. I did a uh, a five day silent retreat. <laughs> was that uh, was that hard? The first couple days took a little getting adjusted, but um, a little uh, little to to adjust to. But it wasn't as bad as some stories I've heard. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, these are kind of things like, you know, we, we, you hear stories about people will, you know, have breakdowns, some will have breakthroughs. (laughs) Um, often you hear stories about people leaving early, uh, or people go through the whole thing and then come home and divorce their partners or quit their jobs or move to another country or change careers or whatnot. Um, and, um, I didn't have any of that 
now. Um, so uh, that's um, that's good. I could um, see that as, though. As predicted, my uh, my phone is ringing and uh, it's the detailing shop right across the street telling me my car is ready to pick up. So <laughs> <laughs> so the clock is ticking. Okay. So I'll go fast. <laughs> so. I could I could see that though. I mean, as far as you taking the time to listen to yourself and to your own thoughts and all the things that you have not been thinking about are allowed to come to the surface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Nothing getting in the way. And, and there's a lot, you know, I'm no expert, but you know, there are many different types of meditation. Some people, well, even my girlfriend will say, hey, you know, like my running is my meditation. And, you know, I hear that from different people. Um, and she has done a 10-day. She did a 10-day Vipassana silent retreat. Mine was only five. Um, but there's something different about sitting, sitting still, sitting quiet. And ours was six sessions a day, mm-hmm. uh, along with walking meditation as well. And then uh, there would be a Dharma talk in the evening and stuff. And other than that, um, you know, there would be short Q&A sessions. So you could actually, you know, like discuss every couple of days, you could check in with the teacher to you know, see how are things going? Is anybody like, you know, on the verge of a breakdown, maybe on the verge of a breakthrough, who knows? Yeah. Um, but it was good. It was, um, it was definitely, uh, it was worth it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I learned a few things for sure. And, um, when I called, my girlfriend asked me, uh, am I speaking to Peter 2.0? <laughs> and I said, no, I said it was, it was transformative, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like, the change wasn't as drastic as me going from Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf the White. <laughs> yeah. It was more like the the change from Iron Man Mark Three to Iron Man Iron Man Mark Four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was well, an incremental upgrade. Well, and I'm thinking at this point in your life, you're way past Peter Point. 2.0 you're like three or four now anyway <laughs> uh, yeah i think at this point i think i'm going with uh peter 2017 yeah. I'm, I'm lagging a little bit i haven't taken the very latest upgrades you're like ubuntu releases you know twice yeah. a year <laughs> google chrome you know yeah. maybe i'm maybe i'm peter ng yeah. <laughs> next gen nicolaitis so. i don't know you're you're lts right now you're, you're in that's the long-term right. support model that's it that's <laughs> still, let's be honest i'm still peter 2016 i have enough proof that here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh cool uh, so yeah but um but one of the things that uh, that you mentioned got my my note um got my attention the very first night there I was experiencing very sharp um, and intense pain right between my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next morning, the, the second day uh, on site, the teacher talked about how, you know, it's not uncommon for people to p- feel pain, even if you, f- you know, haven't felt it in that area before. You know, sitting causes things and the mind manifests pain and disapproval and stuff. That's in a stress face. area, too. <laughs> I, because it was Monday, I assumed, ah, this is delayed onset muscle soreness from those 200 kettlebell swings that I did on Saturday morning at our Krav Maga instructor's training class. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I was wrong. <laughs> um, the, the pain went away, though, that night. So I was like, yay, this is great. I did some yoga poses to, you know, help it out. And I figured, okay, it's gone. And then... Um, I think it was two days later, I went for a run. So I was going to go out for a run, 
everything was great. The weather had finally cooled off. It was in the low 70s, high 60s maybe. Had a fresh pair of contact lenses in. I was refreshed. Running shoes were on. Uh, it was before breakfast. You know, everything was great. I had my plan. I did a walk, you know, walked about a tenth, two tenths of a mile just to warm up. And as soon as I changed to a jog, every step I took shot pain into my back, right in that same area again. Huh. And it was not, it was, so, so recall that I had, um, had tennis elbow mm-hmm. and that was from, you know, uh, stemmed from a shoulder injury on the left side. Mm-hmm. So Monday night when I was there just sitting, it was pretty much equal in that general area on both sides. Mm-hmm. The pain when I was running was on the right side, a part of my body and my shoulder that I have not physically strained. <laughs> I had nothing to attribute this to. <laughs> yeah. Can't explain it. I just cannot explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I stopped after a tenth of a mile and I went to a phone telephone pole and tried to massage the knot out, and it, like it hurt so much it caused me to gasp. I don't think I've felt this much pain since kidney stones. Oh wow. It was intense. So I limped back to, you know, back to the place, very angry. Uh, and, you know, that was... And you can't talk movie. about it. Can't say anything. I'm there. I came back and I was just internally, the monologue was like, you know, like, this is pain. And it's like this. This is pain. And it's like this. <laughs> it's like, um, I griped about it in one of our afternoon check-in sessions. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the pain rapidly vanished. And that evening, I did... A two mile run straight uphill and everything was fine <laughs> can't explain it <laughs> can't explain it but uh, um before i go on about the uh, the retreat and stuff like that you said something about a vacation and back pain yourself yeah yeah well mine wasn't uh, mine was not as uh, cerebral as as <laughs> yours was mine i i picked up a uh, yeah so i had 11 days we were going down to our friend's house in alabama uh it, it's on the fish river so i was planning on fishing and relaxing and doing nothing for 11 days and this was actually gonna be the longest vacation that we've ever take that i've ever taken in my professional life you know where 11 days no work i mean so i was really looking forward to it so i picked up a sinus infection on the way down there and it got worse and then it got worse and then it got so bad i was coughing and sneezing all night and i coughed and sneezed so violently that i strained my lower back Oh man! <laughs> and I I fought it, you know. It took. I, I'm just now better this week, and that was from July 26th, and so it it took me four weeks. But I didn't go to the doctor until last week, and they gave me muscle relaxers and uh, and uh, uh, muscle relaxers and steroids, and and that helped. But you know what really helped the best nope. is as a tens unit. Do you have one of those? I do. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, fact, I used it on Monday night after you know that pain, along with painkillers and yoga. Yeah. (laughs) I hit it. I hit it. The shotgun. I used every tool in my bag. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Next time I get a physical 
thing. I'm going to the doctor. I'm going to get the muscle relaxers. I'm going to get the steroids. They, they want to take a they want to take an x-ray and make sure there's no, no physical disc or whatever damage. I'm like, this is the muscles on the outsides of my back. It's not, I mean, it is it is my lower back, but it's not mm -hmm. back, back. But fair enough, I'll let them take yeah, an x-ray. They, they can bill you and make good money off an x-ray. Yeah, yeah, you got to make money on the x-ray. So, yep. so I'll, I'll let them get that as long as they uh, get me my steroids and everything quickly. And, and then I can come get my TENS unit to massage it. Now... I, I don't know how intense I don't know I got mine on 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 Amazon it's a Santa yep. medical yep it's got two things where I can do two at a two two sections at a time yep. four things uh, but it's got like 20 notches of yes. power it power along the bottom yep. I can stand four <laughs> we should compare the one i got um the one i got is uh sounds similar it was only like 30 bucks yeah that's what and this it one. has and it has um the, the different notches but it has a number of different modes right yeah mine looks similar but it's not quite the same mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's it's close though so did you read the instructions on your tens unit i did you I did. did you did and one one thing i thought was interesting is when i've had electric stimulation before at uh like at a physical therapist mm -hmm. um and apologies to the listeners if there's road noise and car noise it's because i am now in the car and even electrical vehicles uh, even electric vehicles make some noise <laughs> um but um when i've had electric stim in the past with uh, chiropractors or physical therapists, they have said essentially you want like to, you turn it up slowly and until you know you start to really feel the spasming, uh -huh. and then you don't want it that strong. Um, the instructions that I had on the tens unit I got were turn it up as strong as you can tolerate without pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and i was a little i felt a little conflicted by those directions because i'm like i don't that that sounds like something that my uh my my therapist would not have recommended <laughs> mm -hmm. well so i i read similar but that wasn't the the thing that really caught my attention though but i did i did notice that it said you know for gateway pain or gate pain i'm like what is I still don't know what gate pain is and my wife who's a nurse a registered nurse didn't know what that pain is and she asks her patients about pain all the time gate, gate, gate spelled how g-a-t-g-a-t-e like a gate like a door that you go through not like gate as you walk g-a-i-t so but anyway but so here's the things that I saw that 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 caught my attention do not Put the electrodes to your head. <laughs> yeah, hurt your brain. Your brain runs on electricity. Do not plug them up to your heart. Once again, yeah, yep. duh. Yep, with you there. Wait for it. And don't place it on your pudendum <laughs> area. Your pudendum area. Mine, mine's that do not attach to your genitals. <laughs> It, it is so sad that it had to be written. <laughs> but, you know, given all the the 
toys and things that are available that, you know, that people can have these days. I could see someone wanting to experiment with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... I got I got a chuckle out of that, but I'm I'm sure somebody somewhere did it and then wanted to sue some company because you didn't tell me not to do that. Uh huh. We shouldn't have to. Yeah. I didn't say to not swallow it either, but <laughs> you did. <laughs> do not attach to your tongue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got to remember this is the same um, the same country that thanks to litigation requires safety labels be attached to wood stoves reading danger hot while in operation well yeah i don't mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and do not operate snow blower on roof oh uh, okay well <laughs> yeah, i could see that shoving you right off the back that'd be great yep so, oh man yes. i had i i almost fell off a roof one my roof one time i was up on the roof uh, spraying wasp nests and I was uh, and, oh, uh, yes and that stuff gets slick when it's on the roof <laughs> so I'll never do that again I mean because roof is you don't slide off the roof in a sunny day with good shoes on but mm-hmm. you cover that roof in a lubricant all of, <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden it gets real slippery <laughs> See, I I was never I was not spraying wasp nests. I was up on a roof. What were we doing? I was helping a friend with something, and there were a bunch of us, and we were all doing a project, and there were like three or four of us up on the roof, and I remember wasps came out all of a sudden, and they started to to head in our direction, and I turned around, and for a split second. Part of my brain wanted to jump off the roof. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'll just, j- whoa, wait, no, that's going to be worse. <laughs> yeah. Hold it. <laughs> yeah, it's hold. hold. Uh, luckily, sanity prevailed on that one. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, so, what else has been new now? We've, we've talked about back pain and retreats and vacations. Mm-hmm. And, well, it, you said you're... So how far along are are you on your yoga path, your yoga instruction path? Are you? Do we call you yogi master yet, or? I I would not use the word master, but I um, I have now 220 hours completed. That's as you. That's a lot of hours. It's a lot of hours. 220 hours of training, and then this evening I start my parallel path for um, vinyasa yoga certification. All the training I've been doing so far has been yin yoga. Yeah. So, you know, I like both of those. I mean, mm-hmm. it makes I guess it makes sense that you like both of those too cuz uh, yeah. y- you know, the yin for stretching all the junk that I do and then mm-hmm. the vinyasa, you know, power. Yeah. <laughs> yin yang, you know, that's, that's both sides of the equation. Mhm. Yeah. yeah, with the um um, now, yin definitely, like I said, for, for me, it's more of a natural complement just to all the other stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and my, my students at the Krav Maga School have been agreeing. So, yeah, since then, uh, what? We, I started and completed my first uh, series of yin yoga at um, Alpha Krav Maga Boston, like the, where I study Krav Maga. So are you now a yellow belt in yoga? 
<laughs> well, no, I was teaching. I was teaching cards. I'm an instructor. Um, but uh, no, so that went well. And uh, the first series I did it was on Friday nights. Not an optimal time. Yeah. Um, but despite that, I had a good turnout and rave reviews. Mm-hmm. And so now the second series I'm going to be starting is Sunday mornings. Okay. So I uh, committed to that. So that's starting September 30th. And again, we'll do another run for six weeks. So that's fun. Uh, and the way it's going to work is I'm going to teach in yoga from, you know, like at 830 or whatever for, you know, an hour, hour, 15 minutes. And then I'm going to go and take my yin yoga class. <laughs> yeah. If I had really planned it out, I would have done it in the opposite order. Because that way I could just completely plagiarize my my uh, my favorite teacher's lesson plans. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I didn't think about it. So I have to actually come up with my own. Or, you know, heaven forbid, wait a week. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, well, yeah. You could do that. Yeah. So, uh, but that, so, that's, so that was pretty funny. Well, uh, you only have to come up with one. You got to come up with the first one and then you can just use... Exactly. the following week so yeah, you're good exactly. i think i think i'm good i'll i'll add a little bit um but um but also related to that uh about uh two two three two weeks ago a little over two weeks ago i got an email and another a yoga studio in cambridge one where i used to actually train regularly emailed me and asked me if i would be interested in teaching there okay and I said, when are you thinking? And they said, well, we have two slots. We have a Monday night and a Friday night. And I was like, oh, I just did Friday nights, man. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> and she says, I think I have someone to cover the Friday night slots. And I said, yes. <laughs> so it's official. On September 24th, I start teaching at Karma Yoga Studios in uh, Cambridge in Harvard Square. And have it square. That's awesome. Have it square. Yeah, have it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'll be teaching yin yoga twice a week. So at this point, it is safe to, uh, to, to refer to me as a yoga instructor. It is official. Nice. Yes. So. so now you can wear your yoga pants everywhere you go. I can wear my yoga pants everywhere I go. That's right. <laughs> and 100% of straight men will not approve. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, I would agree. That's the truth. So we we yeah, all throw so, up in our mouth just a little bit yep, when we when little, we think about bit. that. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> okay, oh, so boy. so so something that you mentioned earlier when I was communicating with you in the week, you were visiting the German consulate, and I yes. need to know uh, why were you visiting the German consulate. <laughs> Because in the words of the woman who uh, took my application for a German passport today, it is pretty clear that you are a German citizen. (laughs) Uh, I thought you were Greek. Uh, I am Greek by (laughs) the fact that my father is Greek, Mm -hmm. and I am German by the fact that my mom is German. Okay. So, so the way it works is you, um, you, uh, German citizenship follows the mother, and Greek citizenship, or well, gr- German citizenship actually, I don't think it follows just the mother. I think it's if you were born to a German, even if you're out of the out of the country, you're German, and if you're born in Germany, you're German. Okay. So, um, 
So, uh, but uh, Greek parentage, uh, Greek citizenship follows the father. Mm-hmm. So, by you know, legally, technically speaking, I am, I can be considered a Greek citizen, a German citizen, or an American citizen. Um, but I was trying to get Greek citizenship established. And I kind of gave up because it was such a hassle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now Germany's kind of leading the way in Europe, and you know Greece is kind of like the redheaded stepchild that they wish would just go away. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear when you start um, when you start uh, um, interacting with their uh, governments uh, as to like why this is the case. <laughs> um, so. I looked on the the German website and they clearly outlined, they're like, oh, you know, if you were born to, you know, in the United States to a German parent and an American parent, then you are a German citizen. Mm-hmm. You need to provide these, you know, this form of documentation. There you go. The Greeks, I called them up and I said, okay, I'm trying to find information and there's not a lot on the website. And they said, oh, well, you need to come in for a meeting. So I went into them for a meeting and then they said, oh, wait, you were born in New York? You need to drive to New York and get your birth certificate, uh, get an apostille, you know, like a glorified notary. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you need to drive to Albany, New York to get that done. And then it was, no, you need to drive to New York City to get that done. Then it was, oh, no, your father needs to go get that done. And you need to also do that with your with their marriage because the marriage didn't happen in a Greek Orthodox church. Oh my goodness! And, and it's just one thing after another, you know, of, of delays, delays, delays. The last time around, I called them. They didn't say any of that. All that stuff that I said, the you know, all those listed, mm-hmm. they didn't have those requirements. But they did want a copy of the marriage certificate, and they also said, um, "We." Uh, I spoke to a woman. Called them. Called and she was very helpful. And she said, "Okay, can you email me the specifics?" I said, "Fine." And she gave me her email address, which was first initial, last name, at yahoo.com. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I did not make that up. So, okay, I chuckled, but I said, fine, I did it. And then I emailed her and I explained to her, you know, this is the documents. Uh, these are the ones I do have. These are the ones I do not have. And she said, okay, can you please call me at the office? <laughs> so I call her, she tells me to email her I email her, she tells me to call her and I'm like, alright This is getting ridiculous Meanwhile, my aunt said you know, She had said, um, well if you can find your mom's passport That will prove her citizenship And so while this was going on My father did manage to find my mom's passport mm-hmm. So as soon as I said that I was like, alright, I've got the passport I'm good, thank you so much You know, Goodbye Greece Um, so, uh, I went there today and I, you know, gave them my passport to prove who I am and my, my driver's license. I gave them my birth certificate. Uh, I gave them my mom's German passport and my father's, uh, United States passport. And they looked at them all and they said, okay, that's good. And then they said, was your mom, um, uh, was she naturalized as an American? And I said, yes. Now, had I said no, I probably would have been done right there. Uh-huh. But I said yes, and uh, she said, when was that? And I said, I don't remember, 1982, 1989. She said, okay, well, we need you to prove, you know, you need to give 
a copy of her naturalization papers just to make sure that it happened after you were born. I said, well, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and this German lady, she, she was very serious the whole time, very, you know, like deadpan, not laughing. At that point, she chuckled a little bit. <laughs> 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 I said, all right, I will get you that documentation. That won't be a problem. So I, I, I definitely got a kick out of that. Uh-huh. She did as well. So that was fun. Um, and so I need to prove that and I need a copy of their marriage certificate. And then, uh, but she said, it's pretty clear you're a German citizen. So, uh, that, uh, hopefully once that's uh, been established. Oh, and that was the other thing. I don't have to drive back to the consulate and go there. I can email her a PDF. Do you email it to her Gmail address? No, it's something like PDFs at consulate.co. <laughs> you know, de. whatnot, or you know, it's like it's very official. I'm like, wow, look at that. <laughs> uh, so that's that's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very happy that that, and I and I said as I was leaving, I said, just so you know, I had also you know spoken with the Greeks about establishing Greek citizenship. The difference between how organized you are, it's night and day. And <laughs> she, she appreciated that compliment. So, uh, see, I had I had all these um, <clears throat> scenarios in my head, and, and they weren't as uh, they weren't as simple as as this. You know, I thought maybe uh, you were getting married to someone of German descent that you just met over the last month. Uh, you took a job in Germany. Uh, you were just deciding it was time to move to Germany for long term, or even possibly you were being expatriated by the United States. I didn't, you know. <laughs> you know, and 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 who's to say? Any of those are possible. You know? yeah. Any of those could come to pass. <laughs> I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility. My girlfriend really, really enjoyed Sweden. Mm-hmm. And with a German passport, I could move there. Uh-huh. And if she was, you know, one step further than girlfriend, she and her daughter could come right along with me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so, hey, who knows? And, you know, now that I'm effectively debt-free, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I could just, uh, you know, Whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll let her start up a new company and I'll teach yoga or something. There you go. <laughs> That's my plan. So, so you're, you're doing some different... We're, we're switching topics now. You, you're doing some different brewing, and you had told me that you were doing yes. a kombucha. Is that pronounced it right? Kombucha? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> how, how do you properly pronou- pronounce that? Okay, well, properly... The way uh, you know, there's there's properly, and then there's the way most Americans say it. Which would you like to hear first? Uh, let's hear it how most Americans say it. So you know, like kombucha, we're, kombucha, kombucha. Like if we were talking about gyros, you would say gyros and kombucha. <laughs> Nothing washes down a gyro quite like a nice fresh bottle of kombucha. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> But, but if you good. wanted to have a good bottle of it spoken correctly with your gyro... Mmm, <laughs> that's different. First off, you don't have a mouthful of cheese and crackers, so give me just a second. <laughs> Sorry. While, while I was at the Tesla dealership, I was supercharging my car. I went inside to use the restroom, helped myself to 
a cup of coffee and I grabbed one of the little things of cheese and crackers because not only did I buy their flagship Tesla Model S last year, I also took a bath in losses in the stock. Thanks, Elon. Go smoke <laughs> another joint on television. Brilliant job. <laughs> anyway, kombucha. You didn't eat the urinal mint, did you? No, I mean, okay. no. This okay. is, this is, this is um, Austin cheese and crackers since 1932. Standard okay. cheese and crackers. Yeah, standard cheese and crackers sandwiches. Okay, cool. So, it's kombucha. Kombucha. Kombu. Now... In Japanese, um, all all of their sounds, you know, Japanese really got the short end of the stick when it came to like, um, you know, vowels and consonant sounds. Um, but if you listen closely, you'll notice that no syllables or no words, no particles of words end with a uh, other than a vowel. They all sound end in vowel sounds with one exception. So. It, it, for instance, um, you know, uh, samurai, uh, you know, it ends with a, a vowel sound, right? Mm-hmm. So all all words in Japanese end with a vowel sound unless it's with an N. Mm-hmm. So N is the only, you know, sound that words end with that's not a vowel sound. So when you say kombucha, that, that's that's not right, right? It's con, con. But, and they also, it's not con, it's kong because it's a K-O sound. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I digress. Mm-hmm. But in, in typical, um, you know, in, in American fashion, it's easier to say kombu than it is to say kombu. Mm-hmm. So we soften it to kom. And um, again, you know, people see a K-O, the, the way that's supposed to be transcribed into Romaji from Japanese characters is that's a ko sound. But Americans look at that and, oh, that's a ka. Okay, so it's kombucha. <laughs> yeah. but but kombu is a type of seaweed and cha is uh is tea okay so the kombu. literal translation is seaweed tea kombu cha. And, and it's yeah and it's actually it's fermented seaweed tea but these days i don't think anybody makes it from seaweed anymore at least mm-hmm. not much not in this country <laughs> so um so the way um yeah i started making that and this was because you suggested that I stop using my plastic Mr. Beer containers. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to just throw them away. Um, <laughs> and But I also, I did want to check out kombucha because I bought some in the store. And I was like, okay, you know, I could get down with this. It's all right. It, it didn't change the world. Um, but, uh, I mean, it didn't change my world. Maybe kombucha did change the world and I wasn't there. I don't know. Um but I said, um, you know, it'd be kind of interesting because I could add my own flavors and make my own versions. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give this a shot. I wonder what it takes to do it. And the steps are really simple. Uh-huh. So I said, huh. And then I looked and I realized that they go for like four bucks a bottle in stores. Nice. And I said, okay, now when you do your own beer, you know, at the volume that you and I do it, we're not doing it to save money. Uh-huh. Right. You know, when you count, it, it, unless our time was completely worthless. Yeah. When if, you, when, if, we you had, know, when, if we had beer minions, then. <laughs> yes. If we had beer minions, and, you know, and we didn't and we had a lot of, you know, the, the the ingredients, you know, we had gardens so we could like harvest the hops and the barley and the wheat and all the ingredients that we need and stuff. That'd be different. But since we have to spend money on equipment and we have to spend money on ingredients and we have to spend time. 
we do this because it's fun, not because we're saving money. Frankly, mm-hmm. if we wanted to save money, we should just go down and buy a six pack of Bud Light and call it a day. Yeah. When it's on sale. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh, side note. I heard uh, what Bud Light is no longer the most popular beer in America. What it is? is Miller Lite. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Miller Lite followed by Bud Light followed by Coors. And that tells you everything that's wrong with this country right there. <laughs> I wonder if those three own more than 50% of the beer consumption. I would guess that those three combined probably are a majority, but I am not certain on that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I might have to look up that interesting fact. Yes, do some beer consumption statistics. And, uh, and can you have a pie, a uh, pie chart ready for uh, next episode? Oh, sure, sure. Excellent. <laughs> so, um, anyway, back to kombucha. So I decided to give that a shot, and I looked up what it takes to make it. And the, the steps are remarkably similar yet simpler than brewing beer so um for for those listeners who haven't listened to us in a long time or who are new would you like to give a crash course real quick in going through the steps of making a batch of beer sure a a very quick reader's digest version is uh you you boil a malt to get it clear of all toxins and bad tasting things and extracting sugars from grains and into a wort and once you have the wort you let that cool enough to where you can put yeast in it and the yeast will ferment the sugars out of the wort into a really nasty bucket of fluid at that point and you drain the the good fluid out (laughs) and leave behind the sediment and you bottle it you know a couple three weeks later in about six weeks you'll have a a fantastic beer on your hands that's that's really (laughs) assuming everything goes well everything always goes well (laughs) now just for reference what kind of investment in equipment and ingredients are we talking about you see you said mm-hmm. a six-week timeline mm-hmm. so we know the time but so, uh, what, what sort of uh, ingredients are we talking about? so in order to really get set up with a real kit to where you could do five gallons of beer you're looking at really you're looking about 150 to a 200 dollar investment if you don't have a you know you got to have a big stainless steel pot for cooking the wort you got to have a plastic bucket for a food grade plastic bucket not just any plastic bucket will do for primary fermentation and then a glass carboy for additional uh, fermentation as well as the capper and you know all of the uh, the racking cane and all the things that make the the beer brewing process go well so about 150 to 200 for brand new stuff and then a beer kit generally runs between 35 and 45 dollars for a five gallon kit if it's put together for you even if you assemble it yourself it's going to cost about that in some cases it's cheaper to buy a kit than it is to assemble all the ingredients yourself right so first outlay 200 bucks and then 40 dollars for uh five gallons of beer which is roughly two cases or 48 beers so i was gonna say had a ballpark case of uh, i mean a ballpark cost of two cases of beer mm-hmm. it's gonna be what 
Well, for for a good beer, I mean, I buy a six pack of good beer for nine bucks, so that's a six pack. So, <laughs> so it's a it's a lot. No, I got to do the math now. Well, so. Of course, let's think that what I consider a good beer is Omegang Three Philosophers, and that's like fifteen bucks for a four pack. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it it does go up, you know. Rather, you know, forty eight bucks a dollar a beer versus three and a half dollars a beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, you do save money on that, and you and especially if you enjoy a certain kind of beer, you can right. always have that available to you. And it's all other than a micro brew. Other, you know, if you we got other friends who do microbrew, I mean, in bigger scale than us, uh, there are a lot of good microbrews out there. But yep. hands down, I can make a beer better than Coors. Uh, <laughs> well, that's not saying, dude. I get a better beer from than Coors out of my, my tap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I I had uh, when we were on. Well, we went for Labor Day weekend. Uh, I got I got uh, Corona. I well, I told told Elizabeth I wanted a beer, but I wanted a can because I didn't want to deal with bottles and and uh, so she got Corona Light and I uh, cut up little limes to put in them. It was it was almost like drinking soda water. <laughs> 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 so back to kombucha now that we've established beer as the baseline mm-hmm. for making kombucha the the secret the 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 trick to starting it is you need to start with a scoby okay okay now scoby that's the active cultures the active living thing mm-hmm. in it, right um so that you need to start with somewhere so um i started where i start almost everywhere for things is uh on amazon mm-hmm. one and i forget it was like either eight or twelve bucks and so they sent me this little hockey puck sized disc of scoby uh so this you know like living hockey puck it looks really disgusting by the way yeah yeah it kind of <laughs> does yeah just think of all of the um Think of all of the yeast, the active stuff that's brewing, you know, in the first stages, in the first couple of days after you put the yeast into the wort. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, con- ex- consolidate it into one little mass. Yeah. I, I'm looking yeah. at a picture one. It looks like uh, um, somebody cut open a jellyfish. And- yes. <laughs> exactly. And if you go on my Facebook and if you scroll back about a month or so in my feed, you should see plenty of those a lot of discussion and disgust at uh, my pictures of scoby <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so you need to start with one of those that's that's the special sauce the secret ingredient so to speak from there you boil a gallon of tea whatever type of tea you like i use just plain old black tea and one one uh thing i used wegman's organic irish breakfast and then another one i just did like a bunch of old bags of lipton um, boil a gallon of tea. I did it pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, add one cup of sugar mm-hmm. and let it, you know, get back down to warm, not you know, not boiling and stuff. Because then I put it into the uh, the Mr. Beer container, the keg. Uh, then I slid the scoby along with a little bit of starter tea that it was packaged in into mm-hmm. into the um, the keg, and I let it sit between seventy five and eighty five degrees for about ten days. Okay. 
and I checked on it every day and I saw the scooby was growing and eventually it um, had established itself as a thick colony all the way across the top of the the keg of the surface of the keg Mm -hmm. so um, it was a nice thick sheet thick like you know half to a quarter quarter to a half inch thick Mm -hmm. so um, I let that sit for a little while and then uh, when it was done I bottled it and I left it in the bottles for about three days at room temperature again warm room but room temperature Mm -hmm. Um, then I refrigerated it for a few more days and boom kombucha done and it was tasty it was tasty i had some people taste it and they're like wow this is really good um and yeah and we're talking like a bunch of gluten-free vegan yoga people mm-hmm. so so they should know okay <laughs> well, so cool. um yeah it was good um i added a little bit of um some cherry juice to one batch some uh cranberry juice to another one i added uh like a a tablespoon of blueberries just brought blueberries right into another one yeah and um all of them have come out really well cool yeah i mean it it looks disgusting but it's not any more disgusting with with, than beer i mean because i thought about that like, oh that's so gross i wouldn't drink that but then i thought about i mean i look at the bottom of the the beer bucket i mean that's really disgusting so i was like yeah i'm not gonna use that as a scale yep (laughs) not not a fair comparison (laughs) although i uh Oh, let's see. Well, I, I did some research on it when you first told me. And, uh, you know, it's got all kinds of health health yeah. benefits reportedly. Well, at least on Wikipedia, they say there's lots of these uh, reported, oh, I mean, but not necessarily trust, trust, true. Trust everything you read on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, they stimulate the immune system and promote... Uh, well-being, get rid of hypertension, hemorrhoids. I I don't know if you want to pour that on your hemorrhoids. I just drink it. Uh, removes wrinkle cream, gray hair, expand the libido, uh, promotes general, general well-being. <laughs> okay. I can't speak to it removing gray hair. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't ask to that. Well, I mean, how long did you try? Oh, it, it is purported to shrink the prostate and expand the libido. I'm gonna pull off. I'm gonna pull off right now on the way before I get back to the yoga studio and buy some more kombucha. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. It's good stuff. Well, I'm I'm gonna have to try that at least from a uh, you know. Uh, educational standpoint because i've never i've never tried it and you know i don't don't have any uh don't have any basis for it so i really need to yeah at at first depending on what you get it's it can be an acquired taste Mm -hmm. but just remember like i forget your your favorite type of beer these days is what uh it's a porter or a stout okay and your least favorite like if they stopped making this type of beer or never had made it in the first place you wouldn't care ipa perfect so <laughs> let's say that your first and only exposure to beer was an ipa oh uh, yeah i wouldn't have drank any more beer right so just keep that in mind when you first try kombucha mm-hmm. 
you know, you might get a certain strain or a certain batch or a certain type or a flavor or stuff that's like, yeah, you know, just try something that sounds radically different from the label. Okay. And and see, just because there can be some variety in the flavors, so just be aware of that. Just like there's a you know variety in the flavors of beer or wine, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, there's certain things that uh, I didn't like at first. Like mm-hmm. uh, there there is a. Um, there's a, a flower drink in Mexico that they that they make, and they take Jamaica tea. They take the flowers and put it in the the drink and stir it, and you know pull out the flowers, and what's left over behind is the taste, and it's like of the flowers, and it, it tastes like you put flowers in water and added some sugar. That's exactly what it tastes like. And yeah, I but isn't that exactly what they did? <laughs> that's exactly what they did, and oh. <laughs> uh, and and I didn't like it when I was in Mexico. I mean, I drank it uh, because that was what was given to me, and so I drank it. Uh, But then I came back to the States a month or so later, and I had some, and I was like, this is so good. It reminds me of Mexico. (laughs) There goes that mind playing tricks on us again. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You know, it was funny. When I was in Korea, I had kimchi, Uh and I hated it. Uh Uh-huh. Years later, back in the States, I grew to really like it. Uh huh. <laughs> and there's yet another example of fermentation, by the way. Yeah. So, there you go. <laughs> well, cool. All right. What else we got? Let's see. Uh, well, have you you started your real kit, your your real beer brewing kit, and right? Sort of. Sort of. Okay. I kind of cheated because I still had a an old uh, Mr. Beer kit mm-hmm. that I needed to use up because it was it's the uh, expiration date was approaching on the malt package. Mm-hmm. So that beer, I did a two gallon, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Beer kit in the five gallon carboy. Okay. But I didn't do it all properly. Uh. Um, so I just basically just poured, you know, all the stuff there and fermented it in the in the glass carboy. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I did everything the same way that I had done in all the other previous batches. Isn't so it- I have not actually, you know, used any of the other fancy equipment and I haven't boiled my own grains and stuff yet. Okay. Well, is your glass carboy the old traditional, or is it a big mouth bubbler that you can easily clean? Uh, it's the traditional that you need to invert and spray a hose up in and stuff. Yeah, and get the bottle brush in there. But yep. did you did you watch did you watch it in the first twenty four hours? Did you watch it like boiling in there? Isn't it fascinating? Um, I didn't see much more than I had seen on the in the um, in the Mr. Beer stuff. I looked at it mostly just on the top. Okay. And and again, I didn't see a ton of activity. And uh, I think I told you I tasted one of those bottles, and it, I'm a little concerned that I might have screwed this batch up again too. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I think what we need to do, I think for the next batch that I actually do where I, you know, when I first start and boil the grains and make my own work and stuff, I think we need to just like live stream it and I need you <laughs> we'll just do a, looking over my shoulder coaching me through the whole process. We'll do a Facebook live and both of us will brew at the same time. It'll be awesome. 
that will be fun. That'll be like me, like stumbling over everything, trying to keep up with you, trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. And so I can't wait, can't wait to look like a fool on Facebook Live. It sounds great. Yeah. Uh, well, I, so I like I well, I don't like cleaning the glass carboy because the primary fermentation makes a big nasty mess inside there. Yeah. Uh, but the the glass it's it's very fascinating to watch because the yeast is in its most in the highest fermentation level where it's eating up all the sugar as fast as possible and, and it, that happens within the first 12 to 24 hours so mm-hmm. pretty much when you when you put it if you did it during the day and you finished mm-hmm. in the afternoon when you get up in the morning that thing is going to have a yeast boil going on in there and it's fascinating to look at the bottle and the contents are like boiling but it's not hot you know <laughs> so no, i definitely did not see that i did not did not experience that at all yeah so i like to watch that i mean it's just it uh, obviously you, you see it once you've seen it but still i think it's still pretty cool other than the big nasty mess you got to clean up out of the bottle <laughs> a yeast boil i like that <laughs> Oh, so cool. Well, let's see here. So we've got... Moving uh, on from beer. Moving on from beer. So, you, yeah, we'll be ready for, for you to just to do that on Facebook Live. Uh, that's, I think that's all we've got for this episode. We've got a, got a lot in there. Cool. Well, yeah. everybody, my parting thoughts are go meditate. Go meditate. Go meditate. Um, yeah, you know, that's a... Uh, uh, of course, whether you're a, a Christian or you know non, the meditation is is really good time to refocus on what you're thinking. Because you know I I you I run in a constant state of motion. My mind stays busy, busy. My body stays busy. You know, work day, and there are things that you got to work out sometimes. And the only way that you're going to work that out is to have a little bit of quiet and stop, yep. stop thinking. So, I think it's real easy for, like you said, for some people to come back completely nuts. Because every time I go back to <laughs> Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I spend 12 days in Mexico on a mission trip, and I have a lot of time. Well, I'm with people the whole time I'm there, but there's a lot of travel and a lot of times where I can't be on my phone. I can't be doing things. And when I come back, I've got new ideas, and I've got new plans for the business. Yeah. I've got new, you know. <laughs> yep. Things are going to happen when I come back from vacation. They're like, we hate it when you go to Mexico, or we hate it when you go to these conferences. You come back and change everything. <laughs> <laughs> and you make work for us. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, can, I can see that, how that can happen. I mean, you know, and the thing is, too, is it's funny because I, I mentioned, and I've told my teacher this on a number of occasions, that when I meditate, I don't seem to, you know, to go deep like it sounds like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, it's just, it's a time to be quiet. I come out feeling a little more relaxed, a little more, uh, focused and generally just in a better mood mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, like, you know, if I, if I start to get to a point where there's like, you know, angels playing trumpets and the skies open up and it's all sunny and stuff like that too. Great fine i won't turn those away yeah um but you know for me it's a lot more simple and i just i think it's just because you know i tend to be 
lot more practical than you know a lot of acquaintances that i you know that i know it's like yeah it's it's not like that man it's not uh you know like like oh i'm balancing my chakras no i'm just i'm just chilling i'm just chilling and focusing and relaxing and breathing and that's cool maybe i am balancing my chakras. i probably am balancing my chakras i just don't realize it i don't you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um on that note someone posted in my facebook timeline a funny uh college humor video i think it was from a while back but is if gandhi took a yoga class Uh uh-huh it's hilarious <laughs> uh, apparently some indian people think it's funny and some took great offense at it uh-huh. uh, i personally i didn't find it offensive i thought it was pretty you know spot on and uh you know just imagine gandhi in a, showing up in a modern day you know like core power gym or something like that taking a yoga class <laughs> It's, it's pretty hilarious. We should probably put a link in the show notes and let you, you evaluate it, dear listener. So, well, very good. Well, so we've got we've to gotta keep the podcast rolling. Oh, are you still there? Are you there? Did I go through a cell? Yeah, you went through a small uh, cell phone hole. A <laughs> uh, hiccup. Uh, well, I said I'm literally on the, you know, doing 65 miles an hour down route, uh, you know, route 95. So I am keeping the podcast rolling. <laughs> yeah. So well, very good. Well, uh, I think that just about wraps it for today. I think we did a good job catching up. It's been fun. It's been fun. Uh, are you able to? close us out without uh turning off your car i think i can let me just uh let me just figure out where it is oh yes there it is i'm looking around on the dashboard for the big red button to contact either us or our guests visit blurringthelinespodcast.com if you like what you're hearing do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.